1: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 21st, 2016. My name is Philip Rosman Reich. I'm the site expert and editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And I'm I'm still exhaling a little bit from Tuesday night's game as the Orlando Magic come from behind in unsuspecting fashion, to defeat the Miami Heat 136-130, to 130. a huge win, a mu- I don't want to say must win, it is December after all, but a, a big win, an emotional win for the Magic on the road at the American Airlines Arena down in Miami. We'll have a complete recap of that game coming up on the show today. I'll also talk a little bit more about the second half in, sp- in particular from the Magic and and Just getting at, once again, the inconsistency that plagues this Magic team, that continues to haunt this Magic team. Uh, And then I'll talk a little bit about what, what I learned from practice on Monday about how this team is still trying to learn how to play the right way consistently. The themes very much collide, so this may end up being a little bit of a shorter show on that front. But we do need to start, of course, with the big thing that happened On Tuesday night, the Orlando Magic heading down to Miami, picking up a huge win, 136-130 in double overtime. This game had it all. The Magic fell behind. They came back. They fell behind again. They came back. They executed really well. Missed a shot. Doesn't matter. Serge Ibaka picks up the rebound. Hits this. Looked like he was trying to pass it to somebody. Ends up shooting this wild running shot off the glass for the game-tying bucket, sends the game to overtime. Goran Dragic, or I don't think Goran Dragic actually missed free throws there, but he missed some free throws that would have iced the game. The Magic were down 5, actually, with about 43 seconds left. Uh, our friends at Inpredictable.com gave the Magic a 3.6% chance of winning the game at that point. These are the kind of games that the Magic blow more often than not. They finally had one where they came back and won it in overtime. The first overtime, the Magic... Go up four, almost immediately give up an 8-0 run right back. Time's running out. They get a missed free throw from Goran Dragic. Jeff Green ends up hitting the game time free throws to force a second overtime. And from there, the Magic take over 18-12 in the second overtime. Some great offensive play to get Evan Fournier in open three, to get Serge Ibaka in open three. Serge Ibaka hits a tough shot. The Magic executed down the stretch. Got the win, 136-130 to at American Airlines Arena. We can all exhale a little bit. It's a lot to take in as the Magic, again, just did the things they needed to, to do needed to do down the stretch. Defensively, they were a sieve in the first half. They gave up, uh, I think it was 58% shooting in the first half, 7 for 10 from beyond the arc. They were really struggling to, to keep ball handlers out of the paint. They were struggling to contest. Even in the second half when their defense was much better, they were switching a lot, getting some bad mismatches. Goran Dragic actually put the Heat up four with about again, 43 seconds left on a switch where Ibaka was in the right position, kind of hanging off him in case Dragic decided to drive. Shot it over an extended arm. Not much you can do except not switch that play. And that's something the Magic do kind of want to do. Um, He kind of went with a a small lineup that was also big. I mean, I think they had Justice Winslow handling the ball a lot. They had Tyler Johnson handling the ball a lot. Uh, And the Magic really struggled to adjust to that play. And so the solution was just to switch it. It's just like, Screw it! So can handle Goran Dragic. Um, obviously, that creates a little bit of a mismatch that the Heat did take advantage of. But Orlando came right back at him throughout the game. The Magic's offense was really, really good. Actually, I, I thought I thought the Magic's offense played pretty well throughout the game. Uh, for the game, the Magic had an offensive rating of one ten point two. Gave up one oh six point two defensive rating. Uh, surprisingly, uh, most of the Magic's bench had a had a defensive rating below one hundred. So, a good sign. There for the Magic, uh, their defense really was the story throughout the game. Uh, struggled to keep Miami in check. Again, gave up a lot of three-point shots. Gave up a lot of sh- gave up a lot of shooting in the first half. Uh, Miami actually ends up with 64 points in the first half. It was 64-57 at the half, but the Magic really did a good job getting it back under control. And, and I think that was hopefully the message throughout the 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 lo- halftime. And really it was the takeaway from the first half, I think, that yes, this team's offenses can be pretty good and has been very good for the last few weeks. But it's not going to go anywhere if the defense isn't at least consistent, isn't, isn't putting up a little bit of a fight. And at long last, we saw in the second half what this Magic team can look like when they do put up a fight. I'll talk a little bit more about that. But suffice it to say, Magic gave up, I think it was a 98-9 defensive rating in the second half, 45 points, 20 points in the fourth quarter. That's enough to get you in the ball game. That should get you, uh, give you an opportunity to win, and obviously with the way the Magic played, even with the hole that they dug themselves, they found a way to get back into this game. They found a way to win it. Yes, it took some help from the Heat missing some free throws. Yes, it took some help from the Heat committing a silly foul that, that gave the Magic free throws and, all, and a free possession. But the Magic got... Buckled down defensively, and really defensively, they looked as good as they've ever looked defensively in that second half. Maybe not as ever looked, but as good as they've looked in the last three, last two or three weeks. It's certainly the best defense that they've played in some time. I thought the rotations were really sharp. They had good help. They had one thing that I really look at when when the Magic are playing good defense, they're helping the helper. They have someone crashing down on the paint when Vucevic steps out for his little half hedge, and, and Vucevic still kind of does a half hedge as they're trying to just corral the ball ball handler into the corner. It's really, uh, they're trying to direct players to where they want them to be. And in order to do that, you've got to close out that next pass. If the guy tries to skip it to the to the far corner, for instance, you've got to trust that whoever's helping the helper can get back in time because, you know, a pass is quicker than the man. But if you make a longer pass, if you're doing, especially an overhead pass, those take a little bit longer and, and, and players can certainly react a little bit faster To it. So, this was that defense kind of actualized again, playing at that not frenetic pace, but playing at that strong, uh, strong rotational pace, uh, playing at that, you know, switching, making life difficult, making it hard for dribble penetration to occur, and forcing a lot of tough shots. So, the Magic got back down to defense, did the job that they needed to do in order to win the game. One more note I want to say before I dive into the final stats. Uh, the late game execution was really, was for the most part, very strong. I think Frank Vogel came to Orlando a little bit with a, a reputation of not having the best uh, offensive game plan, not having the best um, offensive arsenal. And I want to say that in this game, I was very impressed with the plays that he drew up down the stretch. You take the play that the Magic ran to end the fourth quarter to, to tie the game. It didn't end up making the shot. and Evan Fournier even said after the game that I needed to make the shot, and and I'm hoping I'm hopeful that I can do a, a playbook article tomorrow, uh, just kind of breaking down these last these last plays because I I was very impressed with them and the way the Magic ran them. Uh, they they inbounded the ball directly to Vucevic in the post, had Evan Fournier run a curl around Vucevic, so he's setting a screen as he has the ball. Vucevic popped the ball over to Fournier, got a wide open, long chew in the corner to tie the game. He missed it. Ibaka digs out the rebound, makes a crazy shot. That's what everyone's going to remember, but I was very impressed with that play. And then the one at the end of overtime, I believe, set up uh, Jeff Green's uh, foul. Really smart play. They inbounded the ball to Jeff Green uh, at the elbow extended area. Uh, Fournier runs around him for a handoff. Uh, Green fakes the handoff spins right spins left drives past his man gets to the basket and is fouled no no shot no make but a very good play very good read by Jeff Green who i thought had a very very solid game uh you know i know a lot of people are complaining that Aaron Gordon didn't play at the end of the game but i think there were some plays toward the end of the game that green made that gordon just isn't like isn't ready to make yet or it just doesn't have the knowledge or experience to make yet and and yeah maybe you get that by playing a little bit more but uh, the Magic trying to win games too, and, and Green played uh, some very big minutes, made some very key plays. I thought his communication on switches was particularly very, very good uh, down the stretch uh, as the Magic were switching a lot, and that helped the Magic uh, get the stops that they needed. Uh, Jeff Green's final line, just just as we'll start going through the stats here, 14 points, 4 for 9 shooting, so a solid effort off the bench. Alfred Payton, 22 points, 8 for 13 shooting, 6 for 7 from the line, made a couple of really big free throws in overtime that helped the Magic force uh, a second overtime and and then pull away in the second overtime as well. Nikola Vucevic led all scores with 20, or led Magic scores with 26 points, 11 for 20, shooting 12 rebounds, uh, 4 turnovers, but... Uh, a solid night for Vucevic off the bench once again. Evan Fournier, 26 points, 11 for 22 shooting, 4 assists for him. Alfred Payton with 6 assists, DJ Augustin with 6 assists. Some notable Heat players, Hassan Whiteside, 32 points, 14 for 22 shooting, 15 rebounds, 5 blocks. Magic did have some trouble with him. Uh, he he torched Biz MacBiambo all night. Um, it was not a good matchup for, for Biz. Uh, Magic, when they struggled defensively, the big thing I noticed is that Ibaka and Biombo will both go for block shots. I think that is actually a really key reason why the Ibaka Biombo combination does not play, does not look well statistically, does not look good statistically. I think they just overplay for blocks. And Vucevic's defense has become so good. Like like I've kind of said throughout the season, he provides a very steadying, stable force where he's always going to be in the right position. He's always he's not going to go for blocks. He's not going to go out of get outside of his box, so to speak. He's always going to be where the team needs him to be to uh, make the right play, to make the plays that they need to make. So uh, very pleased with that effort from Vucevic. Uh, Biombo really struggled. Uh, White side certainly dom- uh, dominated the magic uh, on the inside and, and, of course, after the game uh, made some comments suggesting he should have the ball down the stretch. Can't say I disagree. Uh, Tyler Johnson, 32 points as well, career high for him, 13 for 20. Got free for three for five shooting from beyond the arc. Magic really struggled in the first half, especially uh, with him. Uh, I thought got him under control a little bit more in the second half. There's obviously some moments where they pulled away in the fourth uh, a little bit, got away from the magic a little bit, uh, and uh, the magic eventually reeled it under
1: control and got things done. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year right now. Buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. That's 10 minutes recapping
0: that game. Uh, So a lot to get through. A big win for the Magic, obviously. Big emotional win for the team Uh, a win that you know and I've said this on a few occasions with some of the wins that the Magic have had a win that I don't think they get last year Uh, and I think that that's been uh, something that's been a recurring theme throughout the season for the Magic is you know when they get down are they going to respond are they going to get back on the horse and attack the uh Attack the deficit and, and, try and try and whittle it down. Or are they going to fold? And Especially coming off Sunday's game where the Magic were, were down four at halftime, really in the game, uh, and then just completely lost it. You know, lost complete contact, lost by 30 at home. To a good team, mind you, but lost, lost by 30 at home. Um, this was a big response to that moment. That the Magic were able to... Come back from five points with 48 seconds left. The Magic were able to, when they got down by, I think it was 12 or 14, uh, they were down by as much as, oh boy, where'd it go? They were down by as much as 12 in the game. When the Magic got down by 12, they didn't, and it was in the second half, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Magic didn't concede, they didn't quit, they didn't fold. They fought back. You know, they got the lead from seven to two at one point in the third quarter, and the Heat brought it back out. And the Magic fought back again. That's something we've seen from this team on several occasions. And and I, I you know I I know I said this earlier in the season, but and the competition isn't great. This this isn't a great list of teams that you want to be talking like this about. But in those wins against Philadelphia at the beginning of the season, against Dallas, against New Orleans, against Brooklyn, the Magic had ev- had plenty of opportunities in those games to fold. They were getting beat, getting very roughed up, um, struggling to play their basketball. Struggling to play a, a good brand of basketball. And they just found a way to win. And yes, those are probably the worst teams in the NBA, to be frank. Between you know New Orleans, Dallas, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and now Miami, you're probably looking at the teams that are going to be at the top of the lottery next season. Sorry, guys. Um, those those are those are rough teams. So maybe we shouldn't be bragging that you needed to gut out a win. Yet I will continue to say this: the ability to do that is something, and it does say something. On the Fox Sports Florida broadcast, Dante Marcatelli interviewed Alfred Payton and, and he asked Alfred, I don't remember the the exact question, but he asked Alfred, you know, did this team show you something new, some new toughness that, that they had that they didn't see before? And Payton said, no, you know, we knew we had it in us. We just, you know, haven't been able to do it every game. We haven't been able to do it all the time. Uh, but we know we've done this before uh, and, you know, we know we can do it again. And I think that's the the larger point here. That this magic team, like I said in a podcast, I believe I, I recorded it last week, there are two magic teams. There's the good team that plays like this, that can beat just about anybody, that can uh play stellar defense, you know, score pretty efficiently, which which they have been for the last few weeks. That good team exists. But so does the bad team. And again, in this game, we saw that microcosm again. That the Magic were really bad in the first half. And if they were playing maybe a better opponent, you know, maybe this wouldn't have been a close game to begin with. Their defense was just horrendous. And yeah, their offense kept them in the game, but you just had that sense that if they didn't rein in the defense, if they didn't play better defense, eventually their offense would betray them, and they'd they'd, fall apart and lose the game because that's how this team has worked all year so in, in that first half they look like that and in the second half they rally and they play the defense we know they're capable of playing We know they, they, they do all those things and they find a way despite the odds, despite the statistics they find a way to win the game they find a way To me, that still says something about this team. To me, that says this team has it somewhere. They just haven't figured out how to do it all the time. And of course, it being that intangible it. um, You know, that, that intangible piece that good teams have to just find a way. And so I think that's still... Kind of what the Magic are fighting here. The Magic are fighting to make that that the, those good efforts more frequent, and you know maybe they can only do it against the, these these lesser teams. Maybe the Magic are in that weird, you know, purgatory. You know, and when, when you look at how teams how 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 experts are, are starting to tier teams as far as who's actually got playoff chances. You know, most of them have the Magic on the outside. They don't consider the Magic a playoff team. And I think the way the Magic have played this year, that's perfectly fair. Yet, you know, every time I see this team play, every time I see this team do something like they did Tuesday night, I can't help but think, there is a playoff team there. They've got the talent. Yes, the fit is weird. And they haven't shown consistency. But they do things that the Magic of the last four years haven't done, or I don't think would be able to do. And if they could just figure out a way to get all these pieces to work together consistently on a night-to-night basis, then maybe the Magic have something. Maybe the Magic can make a run. I mean, if Portland taught us anything, it takes just a good month and a half and... Mediocre rest of the season to get into the playoffs and and make some noise. You know, I'm not sure whether this this game is a turning point or not. I'm not sure if the Magic beating the Heat, which I do believe has a lot of meaning to this team. I I really do believe that that beating the Heat has a lot of meaning for this team. It's uh, but entering the game, they'd lost 16 of their past 18. The Magic have beaten the Heat twice. Since the Dwight Howard trade. This was win number three since the Dwight Howard trade. And you play this team four times a year. So that's now three wins over Miami in 18 tries. I don't know if this is a turning point for the season. I I really don't. You know, momentum is the next day's pitcher. If the Magic come out Thursday night against the New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden and play with the defensive intensity and urgency that they played the second half of this game and the offensive efficiency that they played the second half and overtime of this game and really the entire game that they played for the last three weeks, all of a sudden the Magic look like they're something. And I think the frustrating part to me, the frustrating part I think to Magic fans is We watch games like Tuesdays where the Magic look really, really good for at least a half. Really three quarters, if you look at it. 27-21 in in 10 minutes of overtime. They look really, really good, and they just can't have it carry over. Consistency is this team's only obstacle right now. And I think that's what the Magic are going to be fighting as they as they move on with the schedule and move on to the next game, then we'll see what they do. Like I said, kind of tying into this, and I, I won't spend too much time. Uh, coming off of Sunday's game, Frank Vogel ha- had this this coach speak thing, and I, I may have mentioned it on Monday's podcast. He had this coach speak saying, "You know, the Magic lacked a, a pure spirit." You know, he said that it, it does take time for a team to build chemistry, but they're still fighting to again get this consistency, to bring a consistent effort and a consistent approach to the game. What Frank Vogel is looking for, I think, is relatively simple. Um, you know, you know, pure spirit. The, the pure spirit line that that Vogel put Sunday uh, is very much coach speak. You know, if, if you've been around coaches long enough, you know that they have certain phrases, certain mantras that they like to say. Um, you know, with Stan Van Gundy, I think it was grab an oar uh, with, um, you know, I, I, you know, college football coaches are especially infamous for this. Like I, like it's kind of a joke among, among writers. Like I still say some of the jokes from the college football team that I covered at Northwestern. It was a lot of uh, we got to go one and O this week. You know, if we go one and 12 times, you know, we'll be undefeated. You know, stuff like that. That's 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 coach speak. Uh, you know, you lose, you flush it, move on to the next one. You know, stuff like that. Um, this this pure spirit term. You know, I asked a couple players what they thought it meant, and, and Nikola Vucevic said thought it meant playing together, making the right pass and read, taking what the defense gives you. Uh, Alfred Payton described it as playing with positivity and aggression. Uh, that was a, that was what what he looked at when 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 Vogel uh, says you know playing with pure spirit. And really, I, I think when you break it down, what what Frank Vogel is really looking to say when he's saying this this line is, and really when he's saying the other famous coachism that that he's got now, uh, trusting the pass. It's really about trusting and playing for and with your teammates. And I think what we saw Sunday, certainly, against Toronto was the Magic playing a lot more isolation basketball, not moving the ball, uh, being in the wrong spots defensively, not helping each other out, you know, those kind of things. The Magic did a little bit more of that in Tuesday's game against the Heat, they looked a lot better moving the ball. Um, they their assists were pretty high, uh, 24 assists, which is not bad. 24 assists on 52 field goals, and you know could be a little bit better there. Uh, but generally, it means playing together, playing for each other, and that's something that that Vogel said develops over the course of the year, and it gets better as the season goes on. And you know the Magic have been inconsistent with that for sure. They've 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 gotten frustrated and gone off on their own. Um, defensively, they've let go of the they've let go of the rope a little bit, uh, and you can tell. Like I said, when when the team is playing really well defensively, you can tell they're playing really well because the guard will drop down and help the helper, the wing player will drop down and help the helper. That is a big part of what they do because the center is going to leave his man a little bit and kind of lock down the paint and keep the guard from penetrating into the paint. You'll see Vucevic kind of hedge off a little bit. He'll be slightly off the guard, arms arms up usually, moving his feet to keep the guard from getting inside the paint, from driving fully into the paint. And it's it's to just direct him where to go. And what he's depending on, and, and this has been a big thing with Vucevic especially, what he's depending on is either the, the four to come over and guard his man, and be and take away that pass or for the wing to drop down and guard his man to take away that pass if, if he can't trust the man behind him to take take his man then the whole system breaks and the magic did a very very good job of that in the second in the second half and so you know from what I gather the definition of pure spirit is from what I gather it is I certainly felt like the magic played that way particularly in the second half. You can always tell, not necessarily by the energy of the bench or whether they're standing, whether they're cheering and all that, you can tell by the energy and the precision of the Magic's movements on defense. The Magic do a lot of switching, and there was one defensive possession in particular that, that stood out to me. And I joked about it on Twitter a little bit. I couldn't tell if Jeff Green was just lazy calling for switches or whether that was the actual plan. But in any case, Jeff Green was switching, calling out the switches, telling him, you know, telling his teammate, "Take him! I got, I got him." Or switching, or whatever, whatever the code word is for switch. He was he was shouting it out, and the coverage worked. And Jeff Green ended up with a block block shot on a three pointer, and it confused the Heat. It took them back, and so that was that was a prime example to me of the team playing with that pure spirit that Frank Vogel's talking about. You can see it in the way that the Magic were passing throughout much of the game. There's one possession where. Vucevic got the ball on the block, was driving to the basket, and did a nice bounce pass to Serge Ibaka, who made a floater to, to get the points. The Magic had some great ball movement throughout the overtime, especially. The, the play where they found Serge Ibaka for three in the corner it was a big shot, number one, uh, and it was a great play, number two. So, you can generally tell how the Magic are playing, by that energy level, by whether they're playing together, because to be, we all know this. I mean, you know, we're getting ready for the trade deadline, uh, and the Magic are a team that is going to be active and is going to be searching for some help this deadline. And a big thing that they're going to be looking for is some scoring, but because they don't have that primary one-on-one option, they don't have that, you know star guy that can just take over a game. They have to rely on each other. And that certainly does take some cohesion and getting used to and something that the Magic are still kind of figuring out how to do within this group. And that's why there's so much inconsistency. And yeah, it should should probably be, have done already. Bismack Biombo would be yelling at me for talking about chemistry. Uh, but, um, but uh, you know, the Magic are still getting there. And when they do it well again... They do it really, really well, and I thought they did it really, really well in the second half, and I think this was a, a overall a great response to Sunday's difficult loss. I want to thank everyone again for listening to the podcast, Locked on Magic podcast. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter, at Locked on Magic. Search for us on Facebook and give us a like at Locked on Magic. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, as well as other great places that you can download podcasts and get them on your podcast enabled device. I'm checking out a few other options as well, so stay tuned for that. We'll be back again with another episode of the Lockdown Magic podcast tomorrow. Probably going to be talking about everyone's favorite uh, Actually, tomorrow we'll be talking a little bit more about the offense. Um and some of the some of the effects lately on the offense got my uh Got my days confused. Uh, we'll have another mailbag coming up on orlandomagicdaily.com later this week, too, for the holidays. Uh, so, so take, stay tuned for that. We'll also maybe have some holiday-themed stuff coming up uh, on the website pretty soon. For Locked On Magic and orlandomagicdaily.com, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. Thank you all for listening to Locked On Magic Podcast. We'll see you all tomorrow. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic Podcast. Part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware,
1: folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best selling LED light bulbs. Our four pack of LED bulbs is 9 dollars and our two pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.